I've got about ten seconds to tell you how to get two-for-one tickets for top-draw comedy nights near you thanks to our friends at the TV channel Dave at absoluteradio.co.uk. Also, I've got to tell you about how you can win prizes while you're there too. I've run out of time, though. You're listening to Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Sponsored by Treeball Soft Mints. Absolute Radio. Oh, that was Good Shoes with uh, City by the Sea. Sort of a lilting, gentle, mm-hmm, kind of a start to the show. Uh, you can text us on 812.15, by the way, if there's anything you feel you want to say. Because sometimes, you know, maybe you're on your own or you're with children, mm. you don't know, think you can have an adult conversation. But it's something you want to get off your chest, so, you know. Maybe my neighbours would like to apologise for the noise they made last night keeping me up. That's all I'm saying. Well, they'd be listening, though. They'd be sleeping off a big one. <laughs> Let's hope this wakes them up. Well, yeah, I always think about if neighbours keep up the next morning, I'm really, really loud as I possibly can be to get my own back. Do you think I was loud this morning? I imagine so. Oh, yeah, a lot of doors were slammed. Yeah, I um, <laughs> I remember I used to live next door to a guy and he couldn't... He had to have the telly on when he slept. Was it Gaza? No, it wasn't Gaza, <laughs> but um, it was in the ballpark. It was from the same strain as Gaza. <laughs> but he had a big dog. He was in a small flat with a big dog. It's a terrible combination. And I, one time at three in the morning, he had, he, was, he had MTV on really loud, and I thought, oh, I've got to go in. It's always a scary moment because, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. And I knocked on the door, and I, I heard <laughs> sort of like this horrible noise, and then I heard this dog's paws hit the door really hard. And I could see in the glass the dog's paws were, like, right up to my shoulder height. And I thought, oh, no. Oh. Turned out the bloke wasn't even in. Oh. The, the dog had just had a few friends around. <laughs> there was, like, a very attractive blonde girl, then there was a guy with a little goatee beard, hippie mm. type, and then there was a little squat woman in glasses. I should have seen the psychedelic transit outside. I never never tumbled to it. <laughs> Stephen K. Amos is our guest today, who some of you, our regular listeners, might remember didn't turn up last time, but we have our fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, so me and Emily went... Uh, Party, party, party. Yeah. Ooh. We had a Halloween party. It was, um, well, I should say, our celebrity friend, Jonathan Ross. Mm. Yeah. Um, I've heard of him. Yeah, you weren't invited. Oh, sorry. No. Well, he's more um, your celebrity. I just, I'm a hanger-on, <laughs> let's face it. Yeah, you are. But, uh, no, you're not. No, we had a nice time, though, Frank, didn't we? I met some... I think every week, every day, really, you want to make a discovery about yourself of some kind. And I discovered that if I just brush my hair, instead of having my hair sort of flip back as it is, if I don't gel it and I just brush it to the right, I look exactly like 83-year-old Hugh Hefner. Head of that was, Playboy. in fairness, your costume. Yeah, but I, I, no makeup required to look like an eighty-three-year-old man. Just a <laughs> flick of the hair. That I find that slightly fresh. I had a blonde wig. You were very nice about it, but I thought I looked a bit like the late Lynn Perry. I was worried it wasn't quite. It didn't really suit me. Yeah, I think that's your spirit emanating from within. <laughs> there is an, there's a Lynn Perry element. No one knew who I was. I read. I, I saw two pictures of me in the paper. One said Red Devil. Frank Skinner, because I had horns with the Hugh Hefner outfit. Oh. And the other one said Frank Skinner turned up in pyjamas and a dressing gown. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> so what a waste of time that turned out to be. <laughs> but it was, it was a fabulous... Uh, min- I spent, I'll tell you what I did like, the pipe. Oh, yeah, you liked that pipe. Because you smoked you? a pipe, so I had an empty pipe. And oh. uh, it's a joyous thing, a pipe. Mm. I'm thinking I might... You wouldn't mind if I smoked one during the show, would you? <laughs> Oh, no. Maybe a shisha. I might get a big shisha in. What do you think? <laughs> I wouldn't like that at all. Oh, OK. It was really costumes, though, me. weren't there? I love some of the costumes. Except David Bedil, 
he had well he just basically had some mask on but he said oh, I can't talk with it on it's, it's, I'm finding it very difficult to talk and I said well take it off and he said no then I'm just a bloke I've got no, <laughs> no, no costume to be fair to him he was the Phantom of the Opera I know, but only when he had the mask on. When he took it off, he was just a bloke. No, but that's true of the Phantom of the Opera generally. <laughs> you know, if we, I don't know if you've ever seen the Phantom song mask. At least he's disfigured. Well, Phantom. exactly, he's disfigured, yeah. But I, what I liked is that he, Dave wore the uh, Phantom mask, but he wore his spectacles over the top. It like, <laughs> if you can imagine the Phantom of the Opera reading in bed... <laughs> He looked like that. He might do. He might. I'm imagining he reads. Hey, the what odds. about Jimmy Carr? He had a good costume. He was a stormtrooper, but there was nearly an SDN, a same dress nightmare. Because I heard there was another stormtrooper coming, and I thought, oh, we can't have two stormtroopers. The shame of it. I have to go home. Was there another? Oh, did they get sent away? No, but there were two medieval executioners, John Bishop and Jason Manford. Well, that's true. Yeah, there was. There was some double. There was no other. Um, no one even noticed there was a Hugh Hefner. <laughs> I had an interesting incident when. Um, um, next time I speak to um, Nikki Clark... I'm, I'm Can I just say, we are name-dropping so much, it's actually making me feel sick. Yeah, but I think <laughs> Nikki Clark is, a t- is that kind of uh, wiki... wiki faces where you can, you can say Nikki Clark and people think, oh, Frank, he has to, he has to suffer a bit. But he's, a nice, he's a lovely chap. I don't yeah, know if you know Nikki Clark, celebrity hairdresser. Bit, a bit like uh, many of you will remember Mr Teasy Weezy Raymond from the late <laughs> 50s. Close personal friend of mine. Tiny pencil moustache. Anyway, Nicky wore one of those um, Gautier uh, kilts. Oh, yes, I noticed that when he squatted down. But he said to me, he started talking to me about music, and he said, who's your favourite band? And I said, The Four. And he said, I've never heard of The Four. And he settled himself on the ground, cross-legged in front of me, like oh. I was like a, like a school child being read Stig of the Dump <laughs> by a supply teacher. And, of course, as the way he sat cross-legged with the kilt... Mm. Oh. I mean, was he wearing it in the traditional way? Or? No, he wasn't wearing it in the traditional <laughs> way. I'm glad, but it was it was still. A, well, he was something. wearing a kilt. Yeah, he was is that his idea of scary being Scottish? Oh, but it was a black kilt. Mm. All right. So it was a you know it had a gothic element. <laughs> yeah. You want a gothic element, I think, in that kind of thing. But yeah, so I sat Nicky Clark down and explained the fall to him, <laughs> whilst trying not to look at his underpants. Well, that, was, <laughs> that was my night. That is scary. <laughs> You know, I imagine there's people at home thinking, well, you, you live it, you people. So, um... I stayed in, I stayed in. Watch X Factor. There you go. That's Garrett's uh, contribution to Halloween. <laughs> was, was it my mistake, or was Cher Lloyd's version of Stay, in truth, appalling? Oh, I quite oh, liked yeah, it. I thought it was good. No, but it was somebody who couldn't quite get it, crying and thinking, this will turn it round. Oh, I always do that. <laughs> I, I, I might try to get out of this link. Frank Skinner. Frank, we've had a little uh, email in uh, from David, David Bucknell, who says, Hi, Frank, when you shouted the West Brom football song finishing over land and sea and water... Oh, yes. You advised you had no idea what the last bit was about. I don't think anyone knows for sure, but it may be worth throwing out to the listeners for, the, for their guesses. Shall I just do it one more time? This, yeah. is, this is a genuine chant that West Brom fans do, completely unironically, that goes, We will follow the Albion over land and sea and water. <laughs> he, David goes on to say, The way you said it, it sounded like you were partway through singing the footy chant, then had barked urgently at a waiter in a posh restaurant to <laughs> fetch you water with your meal. I don't think you would do that. 
Cheers, David. Well, thanks for that vote of confidence, oh. David. But I like that, yeah. We were for the Oh, and water. <laughs> yes. Frank, I think you should say it like the speaker. Like the speaker says order. That's how you should say and water. And water. <laughs> no. Now, someone once said, I said, does it make any sense over land and sea and water? And, and this guy seriously said, perhaps it means like fresh water as opposed to salt water. Which I thought was a lovely idea, overland and sea. But if there's any rivers or estuaries, actually an estuary, would that be salt water or would it be... Oh, I don't know. That's this week's phoning. I guess some of the salt would seep in. Someone will know. We've got some really Mm. bright listeners. They'll know estuary, salt or fresh. Mm. Yeah, You can probably tell by the wildlife. (laughs) Just reach in, take out a a small perch or or a chub. Mm. You know where you're working. Or taste it, you could taste it. I'll tell you what I was... um, (laughs) You could, uh, yeah, you could taste it if it's salty, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, what did we... Oh, yeah, the, there's the Jack Whitehall story. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Now, Jack Whitehall, it's not not really a, sto- a story. It's he was seen in a cab with Kelly Brook, mm. but hey, who hasn't been seen in a cab with Kelly well, Brook? Well, if it's not I, Danny Kipriani. I, I haven't. Charlie Drake wasn't. I <laughs> Do you know Charlie Drake? Mm. Hello, my darling. <laughs> Never seen... Did a lot in his career. Never, I think he died before she rose to eminence. Mm. You've never been in a cab with Kelly Brook? No. Um, he, Jack Whitehall's my comedy friend. We started comedy at the same time, and I think that... Um, You've got a in- name drop just because we've been doing Halloween. No, I think feel embarrassed. <laughs> it encapsulates the difference that our careers have gone, is that he's in a cab with Kelly Brook, and I'm not... You're sitting here with us. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? I'm pleased to be here. He is. Yeah. You see, he is good-looking, Jack Whitehall, for a comic. Mm. Don't take that the wrong way. Well, what is the right <laughs> way I mean, to take that? Well, no, no, no. Just because Hold it on. is extraordinary for a comic to be good-looking, I think. He is very young as well. Just a no, minute. No, Frank. Let's not interrupt this, Brian. <laughs> okay. I know what you mean. Well, I've just mentioned Charlie Drake. He was an Adonis. No, but in fairness, if you're halfway good-looking, it's like Noel Fielding. It makes you like... You're like a superhero. To be good-looking and funny is extraordinary. It doesn't often happen. What's does the Phantom it? of the Opera halfway? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is. I think it's a disadvantage. I often said that if Laurel and I haven't often said, I've said it about four times. I think it's five times. I'll check my journal. <laughs> four times. That um, if Laurel and Hardy had looked like Robert Redford and Paul Newman, mm. they wouldn't have been funny. Well, you've got to think that, haven't you? <laughs> well, how often do you <laughs> laugh? Otherwise, how depressing is life? How often do you laugh at really good looking people? <laughs> Unless, you know, they've saved... But Jack Whitehall is funny. Sorry, guys, Jack Whitehall is funny and he's hot. Yeah, as you say, it's a, it's a rare combo. But I thought you said you'd gone off him. I did go off him briefly because I saw him on Mock the Week. And you know when they go in, what I call that testosterone pit of doom? Yeah. they have to go and do stand-up. No. Can I just... I want, I'd like the listeners to brace themselves now. This is what put... Emily used to think he was lovely and gorgeous <laughs> and sexy. This is what changed their mind, right? Okay. Go for it. He went into the testosterone pit of doom to do his gag where they all have to step forward and then he lost his footing and he fell over he fell over yeah and he just I don't know it kind of eroded away at his handsomeness he looked all vulnerable and like some little fawn in a forest I completely went off him I didn't fancy him at all you'd be a rubbish footballer's wife <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah but that's um, another story I mean that, oh yeah um, sorry I forgot that yeah well not wife exactly <laughs> let's say friend <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, did I look like I was going to press? I was going to um, press a button. I changed my mind. I'm going yeah. to press it now. Now you've just stopped with that. <laughs> Play to the whistle. That's what they say. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute.
God, you don't like Cher, you don't like the last bit. No, it sounds like some sort of winged insect trapped in a biscuit tin. Do you think? Maybe it is. Mm. You know, they, they use all the mm. uh, all the stuff in the... Um, mm. I think it was, wasn't it Body Holly's um, Every Day when somebody just got, the drummer just got a cardboard box and went... Did he? Yeah, something Well, there. you're full of the facts. Um, we By just, the way, you can text us on yeah. 12.15. Don't think you can't. Yes, yeah. we've had a couple of estuary texts. Estuary, where a river meets the sea, therefore a mixture of both fresh and salty water. As a result, it's salty. Matt, geography teacher. I'm glad that we get geography teacher. I asked whether an estuary was um, salt or water. I can actually outrank you with the geography teacher. Can you? I'll see your geography teacher. Exactly. I will, actually. (laughs) You probably will, Um, actually. I have a text in from Rob, an, uh, an oceanographer in Qatar. Mm. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, An oceanographer in Qatar makes him sound like a microbe. <laughs> Tiny microbe in my nostril. Rob says estuary water is brackish, although when the tide is coming in, the water is then classed as seawater. You said brackish? Yes. Mm. What does that mean? I don't know. It's full of bracken or something. Don't salty. question what Rob bracken? says. Full of bracken? It mean, does mean salty. Oh, does it? Oh. Is that right? Mm. Oh. Brackish. Anyway, that was from Rob. Well, I'm liking that. That's, I've decided, is my um, post-expert sting. Boffin. Post-boffin. Can you change that from Magnificent Men to post-boffin? So any boffin um, any in- inquiries or information we get, we don't get boffin inquiries because they know everything, obviously. Mm. So we was talking about um, Jack um, Whitehall falling over. Yeah. And that put you off him. It did slightly. And I was just saying, sometimes when you start dating someone, mm. I don't know, I, I mean... It's a bad thing to say, but I, I've been with someone fairly new and it's been going well. It might, I say new, it could be the first day, it could be mm. weeks in. And they say or do something. It's what I call the flash frame moment. They say, and you think, oh, no, this, no, this isn't the one. Mm. And it can be all sorts of little things. A woman I remember once described um, Nick Hornby's fever pitch to me as a novel. Yeah. <laughs> that was that. That's quite that harsh, Frank. Oh, no. How do you describe it then? It is a novel. Oh, oh God. It's a novel, Frank. What is it? What is it? A oh. pamphlet? Was it a leaflet? Oh, see, see. No, that's happened with me. Do you not find me attractive anymore? <laughs> <laughs> it's more that I've written you off as a human being. Oh, right. But uh, it's, I know well, it's wrong. Sailed. <laughs> One should be more. Uh, yeah. I think it's currently being raised <laughs> from the ocean bed. Um, or do you always sit like that? No, I. Um, <laughs> I know it's wrong, that, but yeah. you know what it is. Just the little somebody just says that. I was on a first date once. I said a woman said something. I quoted some a line of poetry. I know you might hate me, but I did. And she went, "Oh, clever boy!" <laughs> and I thought, "Oh God!" I thought, "No, that's the end of that." I understand that. Yeah. Oh, I had. There was a guy once that I quite fancied at a wedding. I was about fifteen. Hmm. I thought, "Oh, I might snog you," and then 15. he was listening. Yes, we we were in London. We were urban children. Okay, we weren't playing in the gutter, and um, I don't mean that in a horrible way. I just mean you literally <laughs> did have a game you played in the gutter, didn't <laughs> no, you, Frank? I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, to be fair, she, that, yeah, yeah that's I was being snobby. You're on about Kirby. Me playing I was. Kirby. I was on about Kirby. <laughs> but no, so this guy was singing along because that's what we used to do: was smoke silk cut and listen to. Now that's what I call music. Yes. 
and he was listening to the cassette of that and it was the Bon Jovi song Wanted you know there's that lyric and he goes Wanted dead or alive mm. the bloke sung along to it and as he sung Wanted he pointed an imaginary pistol in my direction uh. and then blew <laughs> imaginary smoke off the top wow trying to be sexy very cool I right. almost felt sick I could never look at him again oh wow yeah I didn't like women pointing at me during the dead or alive <laughs> section <laughs> I thought that was, uh, especially if I was lying in a pool of my own urine, which I so often was in those days. <laughs> they were heady times. Yeah, I just, if anyone else has got any... Um, have you got we'll any guys? We'll call them flash frame moments. Yeah, I went, I went to school in Essex when I was in the um, sixth form, and there was a girl, I think she was in the year below, who I fell very deeply in love with. Mm. She was very, very beautiful. And then one day in the dinner hall, yeah. I heard her talk... That was it. That was it. That's it. Why? What was the nature of her? um, (laughs) (laughs) That would put me off. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Can I say this? Hold on. Just check the manual. Also, in the hall one day, she was getting off with someone in the football team, and I thought, well, you've let yourself. Oh, now we get to the real reason. (laughs) (laughs) No, this this is a bit because I once um, I had a a brief. I was seeing, and she said to me, "Oh, yeah." Why well, did you stop? You went either brief. I was. Well, I'm seeing. trying. I'm trying to not say anything that is incriminating. I'm, no, <laughs> I'm I'll do not, that. I'm trying to only say what you can say on um, on Absolute Radio. Yeah. Uh, and she said to me, "Do you know you're the first person I've had um, physical oh, physicals okay. with um, that wasn't a rugby player?" Oh. Oh. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio, the softest, mintiest show in town. Sponsored by Tree Bar Soft Mints. Absolute Radio. I really like that. That is um, Helicopter by Deer Hunter. No. <laughs> Oh, you recently play it. It isn't. I really like them. It's a coincidence. I just happen to really like them. I think they're a very fine band indeed. I'd recommend their album. There, I've done it. <laughs> um, you can text us on 81215. Why do you keep giving that bit of paper every time can someone say you can text us on 81215? Do you want me to say you can text us on 81215 all morning? Is that what you want? No. Okay. <sighs> so, um, to calm down a bit. <laughs> <sighs> So Fever Pitch is a memoir, is it? It's an autobiography. It's a memoir. Okay, I thought it was a novel. It doesn't count if you have to Google. I always yeah. say that. I always say that when I get recognised in the street. I thought, I thought it was a novel. I thought you were a novel, eh? <laughs> so if any anyone... I mean, I feel a bit bad now about the flash frame things. It does sound a bit beastly, but we're all, mm. we're all put off by something. If anyone, exactly. has, if anyone has begun a relationship and something has been said or done or something's happened mm. and they've thought, oh, no. Well, Car- no. Carly and Lester, um, as like she says, I fancied Verlin K like mad until, um, and I, don't, I assume she didn't have a relationship with him. Um, well, let's hope although, not. Um, although she's like, clearly a unless texter, she was, uh, texting <laughs> him, yeah, exactly. Um, I fancied Verlin K like Verlin K like mad until Bo Selector made a character of him and gave him really scrawny legs. Now I can't look at him, Carly and Lester. Um, well, Lee Francis of Bo Selector should think about that. That he could be nipping. Yeah. Very fruitful and and loving relationships mm. in the bod with his with his satirical parodies. Exactly. Mm. Satirical parodies. Didn't she marry Johnny Depp? <laughs> oh, I could have got that the wrong way around. Did you um? Did you uh, hear um about Chris Evans's um 
Well, I don't know what oh, you call it. We had a little... It. I call it a rant, Frank. Well, it was a blog. Can you rant on a blog? I suppose mm. you can. I suppose that's partly what blogs Little blog rant. It was interesting. He'd been uh, driving into the radio station, I think, and um, he'd been uh, caught up in a traffic jam. It was the day of the tube strike, mm. obviously. I thought you were going to say the day of the Triffids, and I got all puffed up <laughs> with pride. Yes. <laughs> I like the idea of him driving. But, but, and there wasn't much driving going on during the day of the Triffids, because the whole nation had gone blind, if I remember no. rightly. Well, exactly. When they heard a car... These staggering blind people looking for food, they thought they knew there was a seeing person and seized upon them as some sort of guide or helper. Mm. Anyway, so Chris is uh, saying that he, uh, he was on his way in and um, this thing happened at the traffic jam. And yeah. he said that um, he felt that, that somehow the world had become like a, a carrier bag. Yes, and he said um, he felt that it was symptomatic of the broken society that we were living in. Yes. Because his driver was stuck in the traffic. Yeah. I'm assuming it was his driver. Well, I don't... I mean, he, he might drive himself. He might drive himself. Mm. Um, he said it's like constantly... He says, we seem to li live on the brink of everything all the time. It's like constantly overpacking your carrier bags and praying the handles will never snap. Of course, ultimately, one day they're bound to. Well, there are two things there. First of all, can you live on the brink of everything all the time? <laughs> I mean, that's... In, where would you live? Some tiny pinnacle in the centre of, of a great network... I don't think you can live on the brink of everything no. all the time. Not all the time. No. You, you can... can't live on the brink of everything, because while you're living on the brink of one thing, you're not living on the brink of something else, surely. Mm. How many brinks? Is he multi-brinking? <laughs> <laughs> and also, um, he needs to double bag yeah. with, with his carrier bag anxiety. Actually, if, ever got, if ever I've overpacked a little, mm. I just double bag. Who overpacks in this canvas, day and age? One of those Especially, bags. he should be using a Hessian environmentally yeah. friendly bag anyway, if I may say. Yeah. What, metaphorically, though? No. Oh, really? Well, I think he's being metaphorical. I don't... I think he's being very literal. He, he also... I think he's packing that metaphor to the brink. <laughs> <laughs> he's packing it so full that one day, eventually... He's not putting glass bottles in with vegetables, <laughs> is that what you're saying? Because it's not the first time he's put glass bottles in with vegetables, if I remember. But mm. what if he's right? He could be Nostradamus in a polka dot shirt. <laughs> then we'll be laughing on the other side of our faces. Nostradamus in a polka dot shirt. <laughs> yeah, isn't that a novel by Beryl Bain? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm coming back to this. He said something else which I found absolutely fascinating. Yes. This is Frank Skinner. That's the fabulous clash. Rock the Casbah. Frank, we've had a couple of texts in on eight twelve fifteen. Some flash frames. And from Nottingham. This is when you go off someone, they do one thing and it puts you off them forever. Yes. She says, I had a moment. I fancied a boy for ages. He turned up to my birthday party in a polo neck jumper. That was it. I avoided him all night. <laughs> I understand that. <laughs> People are very strict. <laughs> Um, Lee from Lee Stourbridge said, I once went out with a girl and couldn't get past date two as she stated Critters as her favourite film. <laughs> she also had strange toes. Oh, I'd like more details. Oh, we got as far quite as the toes. Lot, quite a lot of information for date two, I thought. Yeah, I want to know. Yeah. Well, she could have had an open toe sandal. There's yeah. Lee from Stourbridge. Yeah. Mm. I used to live in Stourbridge. I used to live on the lakeside estate in Amblecote. You'll know that. Oh. <laughs> uh, that's where the bloke live with the dog. Oh, it's all the threads are coming together. I feel like I'm living on the brink of everything all the time. Dave from Worcester says, Hi, Frank, I once took a girl out on our first date and we were talking about the film Pirates of the Caribbean. She said, that's if pirates even existed. That was the end of that. <laughs> <laughs> At least she didn't question the Caribbean. 
<laughs> look, at on the, look on the bright side. Oh, marvellous. <laughs> and um, Leslie Guinness says that brackish water is a mixture of salt water, i.e. seawater and fresh water. And she's an avid scuba diver. So it's kind of, there's salt, there's seawater and there's fresh water and brackish is what you get if you mix them. OK, well, that's good to know. I mm. like the idea of learning. I, I'll try and get that into conversation mm. today. Oh, great. Say, say, for example, if I go around someone's house, their dog bounds right up my chest, puts its tongue straight into my mouth. Oh. I'll say it's, it's, it's odd with the, the dog's saliva. Although it's of a creamy substance, it, it's almost brackish. Mm. And then they'll go, Whoa. you'll see him do the sly, um, the sly look to the, uh, the OED. He's just, he's just French kissed our dog, but that's very good well, vocabulary. Well, now, come on, he started. He, 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 he was thrusting. Like, what yeah, but he didn't have to carry it on for so long. <laughs> I didn't have to yeah, put my hand at the back of his head. <laughs> Rhett no, Butler too. embrace. Oh, no, I don't do the dog kissing thing. I think it's... Uh... Oh, that's unusual. Yeah. No, but some Guess people... what? FYI, nor does anyone. <laughs> no, people... Well, do you see people letting their dogs lick their actual mouths? You must have seen that. No. Oh, I'm sure. Not just the lips, the outer lip. you know, not oh. the... not the, Obviously, I exaggerated it into a tongy dog kiss. <laughs> tongy dog kiss. What a, uh, what a band they were. <laughs> do you remember so, their well, first we were, album? We were uh, talking about Chris Evans, Frank. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you were... Something else that Chris Evans said. Yeah. He said... Um, he said, we seem, uh, seem to live on the brink of Earth all the time. And then he says, uh, we, um, we may have pushed this world of ours a little too far. We shall see. Oh. It's a, it's a tube strike. <laughs> <laughs> Not a nuclear holocaust. I mean, well, and also, how we shall we see? see? What are we going to see exactly? Is the, the, the oceans, is, is there going to be bracken coming up through the, um, through the Earth's crust? Is that what he's going to suggest? Oh, he likes his dystopian bracken. nightmare. Is it bracken? That's what it's called. I mean, the kraken. No, I mean bracken. Bracken like leaves. No, that mixture of salt and clear water. Oh, no, I don't think that's called bracken. <laughs> brackish water. Oh, brackish. You <laughs> can't call it bracken. <laughs> Bracken's like leaves. Actually, bracken that, is my girlfriend's know, rabbit, I've just remembered. Oh. Oh. Well, if he came up through the earth's crust, that well, would he's be buried. the end of the world. It's possible. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I like to, I like to see rabbit coming on from a nice crust. I don't know about you, <laughs> bit of gravy, top notch. I'm just going to do a rabbit noise then, and I just remember there is one. There essentially is a one. Why does Chris Evans say we shall see? I think that's quite a strange way to end it as well. Well, you, uh, you've identified him as a sort of ginger um, Nostradamus. He is the Nostradamus of and, our time. Uh, and he's doing that, isn't he? Oh, he's, yeah. Isn't he being slightly threatening? That he <laughs> knows something about Armageddon that we don't know. Mm. Who told him that? Moira Stewart? <laughs> yeah, well, I, th- I think she's, um, she's into um, that sort of end-of-time type um, philosophy. Oh. I remember mm. reading that somewhere. She sounds like she swallowed a winged insect. She's got that sort of buzzing. So attractive, though, I have to say. Still. So, um, <laughs> that's it for the first hour. Stephen K. Amos is our guest in the next hour. Mm-hmm. And um, he's already in the building, so worry ye not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fabulous news. Okay, and um, I'm going to press this button and see what happens. <laughs> Frank on radio. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio. Florence and the Machine, Rabbit Heart, continuing the rabbit theme. <laughs> um, it's a freeze frame thing I've just read that's really made me laugh. Okay, we're, we're asking people if there's, if you've had that moment, which I call freeze frame, when you you start going out with someone and they say or do something, you think no, that's it. 
Do you want to hear this? Yeah. Um, well, you don't know if you want to hear it yet. My well, I want to hear it. Well, exactly. You don't know if you'll enjoy it. Let's hope so. Anyway, <laughs> on we go. Uh, my Should I start saying that before every record? Or <laughs> <laughs> well, just the whole show? It's not the little speech. You may not enjoy this. What can we do? <laughs> go on, carry on. I do it before every relationship. Um, my... you, may not, you may not like this. Yeah. Well, but let's see. Or maybe you won't. Yeah. Maybe you will. It used my... to be my one-night stand opening gambit. <laughs> I actually had it on an embossed business card. <laughs> Less conversation, the better, I always say. Go on! My freeze-frame nightmare, this is from Rob, I should say. My freeze-frame nightmare, a former girlfriend trying to show the world how fun is had by getting up and dancing on a trestle table at a party, oblivious to the fact she was trampling the remains of the birthday boy's cake in front of his bemused mother. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. And that was the end of that. Yeah? I had one a bit like that, actually. I I was sitting in a park listening to a band play on a bandstand with a girlfriend... And she suddenly, spontaneously, um, started dancing, and she danced right the way around the bandstand. She's like swirling, like a sort of a, like some sort of old fertility rite. She looked completely abandoned and free, mm. and it was in many ways a beautiful <laughs> thing. But it, it was the last nail in the coffin. Mm. <laughs> and, and it's a shame, really, because really, it was. I suppose it was. Um, it was the excitement of youth. Mm. But um, I I don't know what it was, but I thought, no. Well, that's the end of that. <laughs> yeah. uh, Gareth, you had a text in, didn't you? Yes. Um, I, got, I once got told on a first date that I had absolutely nothing in common with a certain young lady. It's been almost a year and she is my girlfriend now. By the way, she does this annoying tapping sound with her toes and thinks it's really funny. <laughs> Can I just say thanks for the apology on last week's show from Daisy? And I love that, Emily Dean. And that's from Jermaine. Oh, you told Daisy Jermaine. Jermaine. That's Daisy. This is Jermaine. This is Daisy, yeah. one of our um, one of our team. Um, I'm calling it a team. Yeah. There's five of us in total. <laughs> it's a sort of a team. It would be in basketball. Mm. Um, uh, yeah. So you told him on the first date, Daisy, that you had nothing in common. Yeah, we didn't. We, we don't really have much in common. Oh. <laughs> It's all gone a bit... Can't he crack his toes? Is that what you're getting at? I didn't think we had that much in common. No. Sometimes you can have too much in common. (laughs) They all went a bit Pamela Stevenson on the couch there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Um, Can you have too much... Spite, Victorian child? So, um, yes, I think you can have too much in common with people. I think it was Billy Joel who said, I don't want clever conversation. I don't want to work that hard. I just need someone, someone to talk to. I love you just the way you are. Ba-ba-ba, ba-ba-ba-ba. The piano man. You remember the piano man? (laughs) You can start the fire. I'm town girl. (laughs) People think, I've got smooth. We've got smooth on. I told you we never have smooth on. I had someone on smooth... Oh, I won't go into that anyway. (laughs) Criticising other radio stations. That's not the way forward. You're listening to Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Working towards a mintier world with three more soft mints. Absolute Radio. That's the four spot Victorian child and Stephen K. Amos is in the building. Oh, he's not in the building, he's in the room. I can't believe I'm actually here. <laughs> yeah, I've made exactly. it. I've turned up. Hi, Frank, you're right. <laughs> in case you, uh, our regular <laughs> listeners will know, the last time Stephen was on, he wasn't. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. I, you know what? I've got to be honest. I was sitting in my house and my, I've put my phone on silent the night before because I was at a gig um. and I didn't hear that. I thought, there's cabs in here. And I, the road I live on is right at the end and you have to turn left and there's black gates, you can't see the house. And he wasn't on that road. So 
So I thought he wasn't there. And nobody phoned me. And I sat in my house thinking, have they cancelled me? I don't know. I didn't even think to put the radio on and listen. I like the um, idea that we might have cancelled you. I kind of <laughs> thought, actually, I don't fancy I like the idea that well. he lives in a property with gates. I like that. Okay, <laughs> you've, you've already won <laughs> Emily oh, over. I'm all over you now, Stephen. You might be an asylum. <laughs> <laughs> they are manual gates, I have to stress. I have to get out of the car <laughs> oh, and right. open the gates. Oh, oh, that's no fault. With fear of somebody jumping into my car with the engine running and speeding off down the road. <laughs> Hasn't happened yet. I think you've you've won back your working class credibility (laughs) with that one. You know, I I was just thinking, I don't... This might be just through my own um, absence from uh, the comedy world, but I don't remember you as an up-and-coming comic. When I saw you, you were already fully formed. That's because when I started, you had already gone. Was you, that what it was? Yeah, you had already gone. It was like, oh my God, that's Frank. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, of course that's Frank. I'm like, who? The guy off the telly. Yeah, because I wasn't around when you were on the circuit still. Yeah. And uh, when I sort of started about 15 years ago, I was doing um, a club run by a woman called Delphine Manley, who now, well, she used to run the Leicester Comedy Festival, and now she's an agent. And she opened a, uh, a string of clubs called Big Fish, See, they were before, after your time. Yes. Big Fish Comedy, one was in uh, Richmond, one was in Putney, one was in Cheam, all in the southeast. and I was there was an MC of all of them. Because one thing I never do when we have comics on, I never really ask them how they got started, which is the, the most obvious question. Maybe that's why I avoid it. What did you do before? Did you have a... I was actually studying. I, was, I had never been to a comedy club. I never thought I'd do comedy at all. Uh, at home, you know, in the late 70s, 80s, the family only watched, you know, Lenny Henry who came on the box. Oh, my God, look, there's one. Um, <laughs> otherwise, it I wasn't something I thought I would ever do. And then I was doing a law degree, and I went travelling to America, and I met a friend who had emigrated out there, and this woman, Delphine, was also visiting the same person. And she said to me, oh, you're really funny, why don't you do comedy? I was like, don't be ridiculous. I might be funny to you in a one-to-one. And she went, no, I'm going to open a comedy club in London, I want you to work for me. I thought she was joking. About a month later, I get a phone call, and she went, I've opened the comedy club, come and do it. And I did. And that's exactly how it started. So you never got to do the courtroom thing? You never got to stand there in the I gown? never got to do the gown thing, but I have a gown at home and a wig. Do you? Not appropriate for a courtroom. <laughs> <laughs> no, I never got to do it, but, and which is quite good, because, you know, let's think about it, it's all about performance, isn't it? You know, trying to convince a jury to let your guy off. Uh, same as doing stand-up, trying to convince a, an audience that you're funny, you've got a funny take on things. Very similar. Well, Clive Anderson was a he was a, a legal person. Clive there's, Felix there's, Dexter. There's quite a few. Ah, uh, there's a connection. Mm. So show offs. Uh, so um, <laughs> your TV show is currently on. Yes. Second one went out. So it's a bit late to plug it now, but we'll still plug it. There's four left, aren't there? There's four left. It's on Friday nights at ten o'clock. We were talking about your. Um, uh, my favourite bit was the Nigerian TV. Oh. <laughs> now, is that in any way based on fact? Because I've never been to Nigeria, so I haven't seen their TV. It can't be as bad as that. No, but it's more about, more thing about you know how they go um, Nollywood. Like uh, Nigeria's got the, the third biggest film industry in the world. Just watch a Nollywood film. It's kind of more based on that. It's a bloke with a camcorder okay. who's just gone. Let us film now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no no <lights>. script. No. <laughs> hilarious and that was a kind of idea and uh, yeah I can't, do you know the hassle we tried we got trying to get that passed uh, but really it was, yeah it was like oh can we say this and I was like it's funny really well, trust I've me. got to tell you I'd heard the phrase Nollywood because it's on when you flick through uh, the Sky Plus there's a Nollywood thing that comes up I had no idea what it meant until you uh, said it on air 
Oh, really? So you are not only entertaining the, the audiences, mm-hmm. you're educating as well. If you have got, um, um, in, uh, not internet, you know, the Sky or, or whatever, um, cable, check it out. It's there on the, one of the lower um, channels. Yeah. Nollywood Films and Programmes. Well, you've in solved there, it incredibly well, Steve. <laughs> They'll be racing to, to watch uh, you, that. The thing was, you don't know if it's comedy or if it's meant to be serious, <laughs> but you just got to watch it with a pinch of salt and laugh. I'm going to check it out tonight. We'll be back with more Stephen in a second or two. Everything must go, Manic Street Preachers. Um, did I do something wrong then? The uh, the producer leapt in. I think I pressed <laughs> the wrong button. If one of those, something, is, this, is that supposed to be smoke? <laughs> <laughs> so we're with uh, Stephen K. Amos. I don't want to drop you in it, Stephen, but we were oh, talking dear. about that moment mm. when you're in a, a relationship and somebody says or does something and you, uh, we call it the flash frame, and you think, oh, no, is it right. working? Have you yeah. ever had one of those? Um, well, I've got to say, I many, many years ago, when I was uh, trying to woo a particular person, went out for a romantic dinner and uh, dressed up to the nines, looking quite quite the business, I started eating, and said person started humming while they ate. Oh. And I just... I think the, the restaurant stopped. The pe- I just looked... Oh, no. quite cute for a four-year-old child. <laughs> yeah. For a grown human being, it just... That was it for me. What I was the tune? <laughs> that was it. It wasn't actually a tune. It was oh, like, no. that thing you do when you like oh, food. No. <laughs> not, we're not talking anymore. You're now humming at me with no. steak in your mouth. I think that's, that's nerves, isn't it? Oh, no, no. That, uh, no, what it was, when you see a child hum, they've, they've lost all of their inhibitions. They're like, no, in a happy place. Yeah. That person was too much in a happy place. Too much too soon. You don't want to go out with anyone too wanna, happy. No, no, no. <laughs> Keep it real. You want some torment. <laughs> now, we were talking about um, Stephen's Nigerian TV sketch, and you, mm. um, your parents are from Nigeria. Is That's that right. Now, yes. one, there is another person in this room. Uh, uh, the other th- <laughs> me, me, Emily, and yeah, Gareth. Yeah. One of us has a Nigerian grandfather. I do not believe it. Then you have to guess <laughs> which one. I like the way he's looking at us, trying to, <laughs> trying to spot something. A lot of jewellery. Frank, I feel like we're on that Never Mind the Buzzcocks panel. Yeah, we are. And you the have line-up. to keep a poker face. Yeah, and the line-up. none of you look the same. Um, I, I'd say it's not you, definitely not you, Frank. I can't see a mm, grummy okay. connection there. OK, no. got it down to two to so one. So it's between uh, me and Gareth. And Gareth is being very quiet and he's wearing a cardigan this morning, so... Uh, <laughs> That's not an idea. Too quiet for an idea. <laughs> Why are you wearing Kadiga? So I think it's got to be the very stylish. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah, my grandfather is Nigerian, but he was one of five grandfathers. What? Yeah. It's quite a long story, Stephen. But, and it turned out he was a bigamist as well, which was a bit unfortunate. Really? But he was a lovely man. He was called Bio Lalea. Ah, mm. do you mean Biololia? Yeah. <laughs> That's what you're trying to say. I like, I like a name you can dance to. I always say. <laughs> Have you been? I always say that. No, I haven't. No, I would oh. like to go and see him. It would have been amazing. Mm. Maybe, we're, maybe we're related somehow. Oh, that would be good. That would be too <laughs> spooky. I would, I would, would love, love to it. find out on mm. air. Can you imagine? <laughs> we should say that you are you're going on tour. I am going on tour, middle of January next year. And it's, it's a gruelling... I'm just looking at your days off. See, I, I, what I like is I like um, six days on and one off on tour, but you... 
You don't do that. I, I used to like to do that, but then the thing was I found I found myself kind of getting out of a groove. Once mm. you're in that site, you know, one, two, three, four, boom, boom. By the time you get to the fourth or the fifth one, you're really up for it. And then you take a day of rest and everything comes down. And normally that day of coming down is actually a day spent travelling back to your house, yeah. wherever that may be, and then literally you have an evening in your house and go out again. So you might as well just carry on. See, I used to spend that day explaining that I wouldn't be able to see that person ever again, but it had been a marvellous evening. (laughs) (laughs) And I find also when I come back to my own house, having spent like six, seven days on the trot away, I try and get to my bedroom using my nectar card. (laughs) Think of the hotel room. See what I did? (laughs) Gareth, laugh. (laughs) I laughed. There was no need for the footnote. So, when, do you, when does the tour start? I think it starts, uh, I think, something about the 11th of January, and we go all over the UK. I mean, once you've done the UK once, you, you kind of you kind of know where you're at, because, you know, nowadays, sadly, a lot of the city centres look the same. But the people that come to the gig, they're the ones that make it so exciting. And the whole travelling around, I always go with a, a tour manager, a very good friend of mine, and a support act, and another guy. There's four of us on the road in a van. Oh, it's like being the Beatles. It's <laughs> oh, how wonderful. We, we haven't yet got groupies chasing the van, but um, we have avoided staying in um, kind of uh, really horrible, grotty places. We don't. We try and make a, every night every, an event, an, a, an exciting journey. We try and find something. Spend a nice hotel. I stayed in a hotel once in Leamington Spa. I got in, and the guy, the manager, went, "Are you staying here?" And I went, "Yeah." <laughs> he went, "All the others stay across there." <laughs> oh, thanks a lot, mate. We'll be back with Stephen in a second. We've done a TV show. Let's, let's get all the plugs out of the way. You've got a DVD yeah. out as well, Stephen. I have. I've got a uh, Christmas release as well, and Christmas release coming out on the 15th of November. And, in fact, yesterday, when I got back from uh, Amsterdam, I made a little TV ad for it, which I'm hoping is funny. OK. <laughs> it's on the cast of being cheese or funny. It's a very fine line. Uh, it's a very fine line. <laughs> if you don't get it right, then, oh, my goodness. <laughs> so... <Jeez>. Uh, <laughs> I want to know what it is, though. Can you give us a hint? Uh, let's just say there's a grown man sitting on my knee um, in a grotto. Oh, OK. Oh. <laughs> I think but it I, rings a bell. <laughs> and for me. Doesn't he ring a bell? Excellent. <laughs> 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 I'm not wearing a, a red suit and a ridiculous beard. I'm not, I didn't go that far. I have to say, and I don't take this the wrong way, but you make a very fine middle-aged woman. <laughs> <laughs> no, but when you play your mom, You what, do look quite attractive. Do you, sha- do you shave the tash off, or is it covered with uh, makeup? Oh, it's or... all gone. Yeah. All off, yeah. Yeah. And it's really weird, because when my brothers and sisters saw it for the first time, they were like, oh my gosh, that is mum. Oh, do you actually look like your own mum as well? They're very similar, very similar. <laughs> I didn't see it myself. <laughs> no. Although my dad was like, <laughs> Because my mum keeps going, because obviously it's, it's an exaggerated version of her. Yes. She can't, she's like, no, I'm not like that. And my dad's like, you are like that. That's exactly <laughs> what he's portraying you. Yeah. And, um, but is he slightly, is he is he wishing he was in it? Why, why aren't you playing me? Is he, are you getting any of that? No, actually, because what I do, I, I, he's always the kind of voice you hear in the background. So she's always shouting off at him. Uh, so you never see him. I had an idea of just seeing his legs, but that reminded me too much of Tom and Jerry and um, <laughs> Thomas. I didn't want to yeah. go down that route. <laughs> so um, it's well. like Ron Paul of the Bailey's wife. Yeah, it's uh, I just bring back the legal yeah. element. Yeah. She oh. must be obeyed. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. we like that. 
Hmm, good. Now, um, I should say what the name of the DVD is, by the way. So oh, yes, know. of course. It's called The Feel Good Factor. And uh, I recorded it at the Hammersmith Apollo uh, at the end of February last this year. And uh, it was the end of the, that, that last year's tour. It was really good fun. And it was the last three nights at Hammersmith, and I just had a ball. It was like coming home, back to London. Yay! So, and what about your acting career? Because you've done... Um, you did one flew over the cuckoo's nest. I did one flew over the cuckoo's nest. You actually did a restoration play as well. You did um, school for scandal. Yeah, is that something that you? Uh, is that something you're developing the acting, or is it just a sideline? You know, it's nothing that I actively pursued. I mean, they asked me to come and do uh, cuckoo's nest because it was a comedy um, cast, uh, and basically, I, I originally said no. But then they went, oh, it's coming to the West End, uh, Christian Slate is going to be in it. Uh, I said, no, why do I want to go on stage for six months in the West End doing somebody else's words? Mm. And, I, and people were like, are you mad? It's the West End. People will take the right off to get into the West End. But it's, it's like, easier than comedy, isn't it? Well, well, it's a lot less stressful, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, you don't have to write it. So, so if, 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 if people don't like it, we're going to get loads fault. of actors writing in now, angry. They won't, they won't <laughs> be up this early. Oh, yeah. that's true. true. I'm just sleeping <laughs> off the hangover. Yeah, and so and that whole thing about there's there's 15 of us I think in the cast, so you're not carrying the play yourself. You just kind of you just turn up there. Although I've got to say I didn't realise that there is etiquette in terms of theatre. One of my summer mates came to see the show once, and in the interval, I went to the pub across the road. Oh dear! I don't know you weren't meant to do that. <laughs> you probably gave him a heart attack. I mean, it's really bad. I mean, we we're sitting there having a drink. In the interval. The did you go around though. the back, or did you just hop straight off the stage and <laughs> walk down to the audience? I, I did give them the, the, the grace of allowing me to leave backstage. Oh, I actually signed out as well in the little. <laughs> yeah. back I, bet in they, oh, I, I bet they thought it was a bit Stephen Fry. And I, <laughs> <laughs> and I was actually in my my uh, my outfit, you know, my stage wear. Wow. And uh, the next was, it, was this one floor of the cuckoo's nest? Yeah. Or the rest? Uh, so <laughs> you were dressed you dressed as someone from an, an asylum. I was yeah. dressed all in white. Okay. And, with, and very very odd for the West End. A man all in white. And well, depends where you are in the West End. Um, basically, the company... if it's a dairy, <laughs> 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 the milk's churning. Uh, the company manager went, Amos, get back in there. And I'd missed the opening minute of the play. <laughs> oh, because oh, you're in the pub. Because I was in the pub, and that apparently is a sackable offence. So basically, I had to make. Uh, yeah, funny that. District. Why funny these theatre types? I thought, gosh, you know, they can cover. Um, <laughs> so I got back, and at the end of the of the play, I had to make a backstage announcement announcement on the intercom to everybody else in their dressing room, oh. saying, "I'm very sorry, but I can assure you, this will never, ever, ever happen oh, again." Oh, really? Cap yeah. in hand. You had to do, yeah. I bet. Did you have an understudy on that? <laughs> I, I did have an understudy. But, uh, <laughs> I bet they thought this is my moment. Yeah, like, I, I, I think he probably lured me to the pub. <laughs> yeah, that exactly. was what it was. Hoping that he'd probably push me through the, the saloon doors and watch me fall over. They're like that, aren't they? On the stage, they're looking at you for your health <laughs> all the time. It's a strange old job. So you're not you're not desperate to be an actor. I mean, I mean well, I mean, if uh, if there is a remake of uh, um, 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 the Fresh Prince of Bel Air and I get a phone call from Hollywood, I'm quite happy to go for the Will Smith role, obviously. Huh? Or Will Smith's mum. Not. <laughs> no, yeah. just because you you play that I've, real I've well. I've up well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Master William. Um, it, it depends. I mean, I, I, did, I did two episodes of EastEnders as well. Oh, did you? I didn't know that. Do you know the weirdest thing? When I, when I played... Were you in the background playing darts? Was he <laughs> one of those? No. No, I think he was in the market. I was in the market. Oh, okay. I was in the market. <laughs> 
Do you mind out of the market? You said it looks a bit common, is that what you're saying? I'm more up market than that. Apples and pears, what are you talking about? Are you one of the people that got asked to watch someone else's stall? You know, they always they had over the apron and say, can you just watch my stall a minute? I've got to have an emotional crisis. What yeah, did you say? So I played a doctor for two episodes. Oh, and it was oh really, that's good, Stephen. It was quite weird, because I, uh, I had about six lines, and um, because it's such a fast-paced well, show... before you went show, on. <laughs> 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 keep me going. Uh, because it's such a fast-paced show, you don't get a chance to kind of rehearse with all the actors. And so they all, they're all, they know their eyes on top of things, and I go there going, oh, what do I say? Mr. Truman, you're going to die. Uh, Steve, you do it again. <laughs> Mr. Truman, you're going... Steve, uh, could you use all act? <laughs> and basically, I had to do my scenes without them. Was not Did you nip off Aww. to the pub though? The Queen Vic was just down the road. You <laughs> yeah. could go for a drink in between <laughs> takes. I did go to the Queen Vic, <laughs> but as we're probably all aware, it's not actually a real pub. Uh, hey, what? more fool me. Not anymore. <laughs> okay, well that, that's. And then, uh, and we, what I'm hoping on. for is to do um, Coronation Street, which is my favourite soap. It's so funny. It's so camp. It's just like pantomime. Are you working your way through all the soaps? I want to. Can you imagine me just walking into the Royal Return? I look forward oh. to seeing you on Albion Market. <laughs> <laughs> So that was Stephen K. Amos. He's, his show is on on Friday nights at 10 o'clock on BBC Two. He starts on, touring on the in January. January, mid-January. And the DVD's out... Oh, the 15th of November. And what's most exciting of all is he turned up <laughs> this time. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Yes, it was Oasis. You don't get much more Absolute Radio than Oasis, I think. The 38-year-old man with the, the black T-shirt. Just a hint of patchouli oil. <laughs> he's, he's dancing around his squally bedsit as we speak. Good luck to you, Dave. OK, speaking of Dave, I um, I did a bit of filming this week. Oh, did, a bit of filming. did you? Yeah, um, and, and who, who wrote the film and who directed the film? Orson Welles? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. well done. Oh, he's lost some weight. Um... And the sherry, I must say, was top-notch. <laughs> I need a sherry. Um, nothing like him. More Fern Britain is the way it came out. So, no, um, what was it, genuinely? D- David Baddiel oh, has written a short my film fave. for he's Sky. My well. I think I've mentioned Sky on here. And um, David Baddiel, what's it about? What, what you have to do, they asked several comedians to do... Um, you take an anecdote from your life mm. and you turn it into a um, film, short film. Oh, God, I hope I'm not in one of them. Um, <laughs> oh, check dear. my emails about that. Yeah. Because I'm sure they must have got in touch. Yeah, you look... Well, uh, yeah, have, a look, have another look. It's not too late. They come out Christmas. Um, anyway, so Dave's doing one about... Um, well, I can't, I can't tell the story, obviously, because oh, okay. you won't watch it, but let, let's just say that David Baddiel plays David Baddiel... Mm. Frank Skinner plays Frank Skinner. Oh. And Alistair McGowan plays Norris McWhorter. Oh. I think that's all you need to know. So I, I played me, which is... It's not the first time I've played me. I'll be, I played me in Emmerdale Farm. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't. I did. You're getting mixed up with Amos, and that's Stephen K. Amos. Ah, oh, Mr. Wilkes. <laughs> no. Um, What's that sheep you've got? That's no sheep. That's Frank Skinner I've got in my van. <laughs> That was when the time I used to wear the sheepskin coat. It's some <laughs> extraordinary twilight zone. What's going on? And the horn hat. Remember my horn hat? No. Okay. No, I, I didn't appear. I was a voiceover on a radio, funnily oh. enough. It was like one of my first radio experiences. And, and what it was, it was like I was the mystery voice on radio, whatever it was called, Radio Farmer. Oh, right. sounds glamorous. Combine Harvester FM. <laughs> 
I was on that. And so I went in and I did the voiceover. And you have to guess who the thing was. And they said, yeah. And the guy said, and if you can get that uh, mystery name, you win £50,000. And I said, um, have you listened to much local radio? And he said, what do you mean? I said, you don't often get mystery voice prize £50,000 <laughs> on regional radio. And they all went a bit, oh, he's coming telling us our job. And it was a bit, you know. Oh, it got oh, ugly. It, it, will get ugly. it will get ugly on Emmerdale. Anyway. It, it went a bit Orson Welles' um, Findus advert. Have you ever heard that? When he says, well, what do you in the depths of your ignorance think I should say? Anyway. So I, I played me. So they said, don't grease your hair back, because at the time of the film, uh, sort of late 90s, you, you didn't used to do that. Mm. And can you bring jeans and trainers and um, something, you know, that looks a bit... So I did that. I actually brought a jacket that I wore on fantasy football, <laughs> like a jacket I had in there. So anyway, I walked in in the morning into my, into my uh, office where I write, so I had a bit, did a bit of writing before I went. People saying, all right, Frank, how you doing? I got recognised... More than I've been recognised. Oh, in the be jacket. Because I was dressed as me in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, everyone knew who I was again. That's tragic, isn't it? That's why people like Willie Thorne have to keep the moustache and the bald head. <laughs> Otherwise, people forget who they are. So if ever I, get, if I feel I've been neglected... All I've got to do on is put on, a, put on an England shirt yeah. from Euro 96, punch the air at me. Anyway, we turned up and... Um, I see. I don't want to tell you the, the whole uh, story because I hope you'll watch this on Sky at Christmas. Uh, but Dave was directing as well, which obviously was made it a little bit tense. And uh, there's a bit where I have to look at him. What we had to do was um, radio acting. Oh. In other words, we were listening to the radio in the car and we have to act as if we were listening to the radio. Oh, OK. Mm. Now, there'll be people at home now who are listening to the radio and I just want you to just look in the mirror... Are you pulling a face that suggests that you're listening to the radio? Because I found myself slightly tilting my head and looking puzzled towards the radio. As it a like. bit like a dog. Yeah, exactly. But in fact, when you listen to the radio, you don't really do anything, no. I don't think. I don't think you pull a face at all. Well, you probably do something else while you're listening to the radio. <laughs> I you what do you mean by that? Yeah, just what are you getting at? What are you getting at with that? No, I don't mean that. I mean, like, other things. Like, the when I'm doing the washing up. Why, order. So, um, <laughs> and when I also when I got there, the makeup woman said, "Oh, I've got you a wig what? to wear." A I wig? said, "What do you mean a wig?" She said, "Like a sort of Frank Skinner wig." <laughs> <laughs> she said, "This is this is what Alistair, Alistair McGowan used to wear this when he was Frank Skinner." So I said, "I've got to wear what kind of upside down world when I'm going to yeah, wear no, the but wig?" The, sometimes the camera does funny things. So probably on camera, you don't look like Frank Skinner. Yeah, you have to do things to make you look like yeah. Frank Skinner yeah. for the camera. <laughs> nice try, Gareth. Stop reaching. <laughs> I was being... So, Frank, was presumably you had to wear this wig because you don't look as much like Frank Skinner in the 90s as you once did, maybe. Uh, no, I was... Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't wear it. What's the name of that process? Well, I, had a, I, had, <laughs> I had a hissy fit. I didn't yeah, have a hissy fit. I said no. Did you? So I wouldn't, wouldn't wear, wear the wig? It. No, I wouldn't wear the wig. Why not? I no, I didn't want to wear one of Alistair McGowan cast off <laughs> versions of me. I thought that was that would be outrageous. I didn't fancy it. He's too swarthy. <laughs> so anyway, it was it was a fun day, and I, I think it'll be great. I, I, I very much recommend that you uh, that you watch it. It was uh, it was spectacular and and funny. 
and all that. And good old David Baddiel, that's what I say. I'm putting all this bit at the end because he listens to the show and he'll be absolutely Aww. making sure that I'm uh, that I'm saying all that. But no, it was it was it was incredibly enjoyable. And it'll probably um, at least I'll appear this time. Not when Ben Miller was our guest and said, "Do you want to be in a feature film?" Do you remember that moment? Where yeah, sign me up on it? Did you end up on the cutting floor? Well, that was oh. me playing. No, I played me. But where did the film go? Oh. I'm going to be like one of those actors. Well, he can't help that. that. You just, there he was, can't there help that. Limited screenings. Where, do these, film, where do these films go? You know when you read a, a, a theatre programme and it says films under the yeah. actor's name, films, and it's, it's always things like Kestrel on Fire, <laughs> A Night in Westminster, The Blue Strawberry, things you've never... Just make a name up. Anyway, we must move on. Ben Jones uh. is banging on the window like some sort of ape in the zoo. <laughs> Um, completely naked and with a, a bulbous red behind. Where do you get that from? Is it a stick on? Is it some sort of. Is it, is it, is it Red Bomb Day for Comic Relief? Um, next week, Jeremy Hardy is our guest on the show. Oh, oh I didn't know that. Oh, he's yeah. a bit posh for us, isn't he? We're a bit white trash for him. Oh. No, I like Socialist up this week. I, I like, yeah. And uh, you can listen to Not the Weekend podcast um, available on. Uh, that'll be available on Wednesday with material that you won't hear anywhere else. Um, in else. Europe, <laughs> in Europe. I think there's some guys doing it in um, in Japan, doing the same stuff. We better go now. Benny's getting fed up. Get your it's, wig on. At, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get your wig on. Um, good day to you. You're listening to Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Tree Boss Soft Mints, bringing a softer, mintier feel to your Saturday morning. Absolute Radio.